0: This episode comes with a language warning. There's a few F-bombs, but they're all in the context of rock and roll, so there's not too much to worry about.
1: The year 1953. A plane touches down at Smithies Airport in Sydney. On board is an American named Lee Gordon. The Australian music scene will never be the same again. From then until now, these are the stories.
0: Hey there, this is Josh Ossum and you're listening to Awesome Aussie Songs. This episode is on Shortstack and their song, Planets. Our special guest is Shortstack's lead singer and guitarist, Sean Diveny.
2: I'm reaching out, I'm reaching now. I'm reaching out to get to you.
0: Shortstack were a band that went from jamming in the garage to having hit singles, a number one album, and they even appeared on the cover of the Rolling Stone magazine. The band consisted of three mates who met in high school. Lead singer and guitarist, Sean Diviny, Andy Clemenson on bass guitar, and drummer Brady Webb. Despite the fact that Shortstack played instruments and wrote their own songs, they were often tagged as a boy band, much to their own amusement.
3: Yeah, it was kind of flattering. We uh, we didn't think we were pretty enough to be a boy band, so <laughs> it, was, uh, it was flattering in a way. But, um, yeah, it, it's not something we put too much thought in, to be honest with you. It, I suppose it's it's weird when people sort of detract from the hard work you've done putting it down to sort of the big machine, I guess. But we did a tour with the Vamps, which are a manufactured boy band, and, you know, the way they operated compared to us was, you know, infinitely different. I feel we sort of got a glimpse into what, what it actually is like to be like that, uh, like that sort of act. And it's
0: crazy, man. Shortstar came to the attention of English producer Trevor Steele, who then mentored the band. Steele was a member of the UK band The Escape Club, who went to number one on the American Billboard charts with their smash hit Wild Wild West.
2: In the
0: It was Steele's experience that helped guide the band from the garage to the studio.
3: Oh, definitely. He, he did an amazing job of sort of fostering us to the band that we became. And I think, um, you know, he really highlighted what was important and I think a lot, of, a lot of acts sort of forget about songs and at the end of the day, he was very much a song guy, like really focusing on your songs as your tools because, you know, I think if, you, if your songs are good, that's, that's just a testament to how good you are as a band. So he really... You know, knuckled into us the, the art of, I suppose, pre-production on a record and, and how to really craft something and really work on it and slave over individual songs rather than jumping over the place. So he sort of gave us a discipline on that. He also taught us sort of studio discipline, especially around uh, recording vocals. So that's something we learned through him and we were lucky enough to have his sort of tutorage early on in our career.
0: Shortstack's debut single was Shimmy Gogo. This was released in September 2008 and reached number 31 on the ARIA charts.
2: Reach for the stars, kid I've been wondering us not to far, kid We've been laying down, down Baby, it's so, so ideal But I'm a gentleman I'm such a gentleman We keep in time, kid You're so into it But if you were mine, kid We'd be intimate oh, These razors Ain't your roses But I'm a gentleman We'll never go. We'll never go. We'll never
0: the band's next single to be released is Princess, and the song is well received by Shortstack's ever-growing Legion of Fans. Princess just misses out on cracking the top 10, coming in at number 11. Short Stack gets the phone call that all bands hope to receive one day, that their debut album, Stack is the New Black, has gone to number one on the album charts.
3: We were in Melbourne and George Ash, who's the head of Universal, calls me and says, we think it's going to debut at number one. And we didn't really expect it. We weren't really working towards it. So it was, it was pretty crazy. It's, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was just really unexpected, I guess would be the, it'd be the word for it, um, but everything sort of changed after it debuted at number one. I suppose the biggest difference was, you know, people came to shows now. <laughs> you know, like 20 people would have playing like 200, playing at 2,000, and it sort, of, it sort of just went from there.
0: The hysteria that Shortstack created amongst their fans was some next-level stuff.
3: It's kind of weird. It's weirder to think about now than it felt at the time because, like, at the time we'd been doing it for so long. We, we started playing shows when we were like 15, and I think when this happened, we were like 21. So it was like, it just felt like a natural progression of just like gigging for five years. And it was like, oh, this is what happens when a band gigs for five years. It sort of gets to this point. It was only when we we're a little bit older, we realize it sort of doesn't happen to everybody. Um, yeah, just super fucking lucky. Like, <laughs> really, let's, let's call a spade a spade.
0: <laughs> From their seaside town of Budgie Boy, the band connected with their fans through their YouTube channel. And they even had their own podcast, Short Stack Radio. No Australian band did a better job connecting with their fans than Shortstack.
3: Thanks, man. It was, um, it was something we really implemented ourselves as well, which is really cool. And, you know, I think it's, it's what gave the band the longevity that it had, just that, uh, just that connection with the fan base.
0: At the Channel V Music Awards in 2008, Shortstack won the Australian Artist of the Year Award and were runners-up again in 2009. Showing their level of success, in 2010, they beat fellow nominees, The Veronicas, and The Living End to win their second Australian Artist of the Year Award.
3: Take that, Chris Chaney. <laughs> it's true, he goes to sleep thinking about it still. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of funny, there's sort of, you get to a point in your career music-wise where you, it's really weird. It's like, you don't know these people, but you know their work, so you sort of know them already, and they know your work. It's really weird. It's really weird. I remember we were at this, like, after party after a festival with The Living End once. We're just hanging out with Chris Cheney, and it's like, it's like, oh, you're in LA, I'm in LA this time, we should meet up. And it's like, oh, just get Chris Chaney's phone number. And it never happened, but it's like you're drunk and you're just talking about it. And he's like, oh, it's kind of weird, just asked to do from Living end for his phone number, and he gave it to you. So it's, it's super weird. I never rang it, it's probably a fake number.
0: <laughs> the level of popularity Shawstack achieved saw them attract their share of detractors along the way. The guys never took themselves too seriously. So to the band, the criticism was like water off a duck's back.
3: I don't know. We, we never really put too much thought into it, to be honest with you. We never really took it too seriously, I guess. Like, at the end of the day, we were just we're a band that grew up playing in the garage. All we wanted to do was maybe play to, like, 350 people at the Annandale and it would have been, like, the best thing in the world. And that's sort of the craziest thing that that felt to us. It's like when it, when the band sort of felt its biggest was, like, when we – When we got like 200 people to the shows and it was like, wow, this is amazing. This is sort of it. And then everything that happened after that was kind of just a bonus. So, yeah, I I suppose we did have people detracting from us, but never really took it too seriously to begin with. Yeah, that was, it always really amused us when people sort of brought us down. But man, we like, I don't, I really don't take it personally. Like (laughs) we shit on, we shit on everybody and I don't, and I hope they don't take it personally.
0: And when it comes to talking about career highlights and achievements, Shortstack even got slimed at the Nickelodeon Awards.
3: We did. We did get slimed. It was, um. what was it? It's, it feels exactly how you'd think it'd feel. It tastes like shit. It smells like shit. But it's it's a really cool experience. You know what I mean? And that's the thing when we sort of look back at everything we've done and we're really fortunate enough to have sort of those really fun kind of moments. Like we got a shit ton of awards, but the only one that sort of I really care about it's the Nickelodeon one. It's just cool, man. You know,
0: gaining awards for platinum records and getting slimed is one thing. However, a career highlight for Short Stack came when the band was put on the cover of the Rolling Stone magazine.
3: Oh, that's number one. That's like that. That's the one where people, where you say to people, "Ah, oh, I used to be in a band." And they're like, "Oh yeah, me too." And you were like, "Nah, fucking bad. Um, that's always a really cool one. Um. Like I got mates now that like they'll give me shit for it. And they're like, "Oh, Rollie Stone." Um, but yeah, that's 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 definitely number one. That's sort of that was our only real sort of genuine we made it kind of moment. It's one of those things that seems so unattainable. You don't even think about it as being realistic. And then when it happens, we were like, "Wow, this is crazy." And Matt, who Matt who is the guy that worked there that gave us the opportunity for it, he's like, I can't thank him enough for it because it's just just something really cool, man.
0: In September 2010, Shortstack released their highest-selling single, Planets. The song reached number four on the ARIA charts and was certified platinum with over 70,000 copies sold.
3: The label was right, right a hit. I'm like, here you fucking go. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that went well. I remember that's that's probably the only single we've ever released where I was like, this is this is fucking great. And, um, yeah, it's it's really difficult thing to be sort of in a successful band that comes from a scene, which we came from is to walk a fine line where if, if you get, if you get a song played on the radio, it doesn't really mean too much to your fans, but it's pretty important to keep the band going in the fact that, you know, you get, you get offered opportunities to play kind of corporate gigs and shit like that, because you know, they, they know that one song. So it's, it's, it's not so much, it's just to keep the band going. So it's really hard to walk a fine line between a single that is going to get played on the radio and a single that your fans are going to like, if that makes sense. that's probably the song we spent the most time slaving over as well and experimenting with and just really, yeah. We were just really certain of it as a, as a single. Um, and then it gave us the freedom to do whatever, whatever we wanted.
0: Okay, that's enough of the talk. Here's Planets by Shortstack.
3: I'm reaching
1: out
2: I'm reaching out I'm reaching out to get to you The breakdown, let's leave this town. And the blaze of ill intentions and the cop calls town. They're but they're too damn late. Boom, boom, baby. What planet are you from? And are all the lights on? I don't know how to talk to you. pretty face. I defy all the stars to capture your embrace. Sweetheart, I'm holding out. Sweetheart, we're pulling through. Sweetheart, i
0: Thanks for listening to Awesome Aussie Songs. Thanks to Sean for your time and thanks to Shortstack for the music.
1: Hi, this is Molly. You've just listened to a podcast brought to you by Mycos Promotions. Written and produced by my dad, Sheldon the Kangaroo Kip. And presented by Josh Urson. This is Molly Kidd saying to my good friend, Holly Kirsten, Hit it, girl! some